Hugo has to be married on his 18th birthday to inherit the family magic to protect our kingdom. But Prince Hugo hasn't found his true love. Yet. If the prince doesn't marry, the evil wizard and his wand will take over. Then we have to find his true love before his birthday. But his birthday's tomorrow. Oh dear. Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses-to-be. I am Christy, and I am here with my friend Bree. Hello! And we are here to talk to you about a very special movie called <laughs> Cindy the Fairy Princess. <laughs> oh. Oh. This is... Christy, you've shown me one fun. Like the first three, they Ooh. were f they were f they were fun. This one, you've trapped me in some kind of Kobayashi Maru situation <laughs> where I can't win. I yeah, you know what? The first I was thinking about that actually. I was like, oh shit! You know these first the first few movies we've done, they haven't been like. I mean, Golden Fields, Beauty and the Beast. That one was kind of eh, but we haven't. We did not scrape the barrel there was so far nothing that was truly truly deserving of the title of bad princess movie and so i needed to rectify that you you really you really <laughs> gave like i i'm lost for words almost this on, is on cindy the fairy princess this is one that I, I actually, uh, like, some, some real talk. I was a little afraid of suggesting this because there's so much going on that I was just like, how are we going to, how are we going to explain all of this in a podcast? We're, you know, we're just going to do our best. I, it, doing I any less would be a disservice to Cindy. <laughs> and we can't have that. No, I can't disappoint her. <laughs> I... I do kind of wish we were in the same room when we were yeah. when when I saw this one for the first time cuz it, it was just an experience, you know. Yeah, I I th that was another thing I thought of after too is that so you so usually uh dear listener uh I when Bree is in town, we always try and do a bad princess movie night and I think I've actually had Cindy as one of the options for the last few times you've been in town, but it just I it hasn't come up. I think I, I managed to avoid Cindy for the past couple of Princess Movie Nights. Yeah. And you know what? And this is like, this is the one danger of bad Princess Movie Night is that there's usually one movie that I'm always like super, super wanting people to pick. But because I'm giving the freedom of choice to the viewing group, it, it, it just happens that the <laughs> one that I'm like really excited about, they just don't pick. And I'm always just like... I'm always, I'm always off in the corner, like, oh, let me know if you want a suggestion. You know, just say it. If you can't pick, I can help you. You know, I might have an entire uh, argument as to why we should watch this particular movie. But, you know, <laughs> the choice is yours. <laughs> oh. But now, uh, now, this time, I couldn't escape Cindy. No. I had to, I had to confront Cindy. We had to face her head on. W would you like to get into a bit of history about Cindy? Oh, please. Please. I would love to hear. All right. So, please tell me about Cindy. 
So Cindy is a British fashion doll. Uh, she was originally created in 1963 by Pedigree Dolls and Toys. Uh, interestingly enough, Mattel had actually offered Pedigree a license to produce Barbie, but Pedigree declined because market research had showed that Barbie wasn't popular at the time with British buyers. Huh. So instead, Pedigree decided they wanted to create their own doll, uh, who, who was based off of a different American doll named Tammy. And they did get permission from Tammy's manufacturer at the time, just FYI. Um... That's Cindy, good. yeah, uh, Cindy's name was chosen through a poll of British girls who were shown a photo of the doll and asked to choose their favorite name from the list provided. The unique spelling of Cindy with uh, an S instead of a C was chosen just to make it more distinctive for trademarking purposes. Which I, it's that's it was a weird choice just because S I N. It just seems weird to have in your doll, but, you know, Cindy, <laughs> it's fine. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, it's just like, she's secretly luring children to the devil? <laughs> oh. I, you know, I don't know. We're, but we're, we're... That's not to knock Cindy, I'm sure a lot of, a lot of youths had a, have a lot of fond memories of having oh Cindy God. dolls in their childhood. But I don't, I, that was the first thing I thought when I saw the name for some yeah. reason. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it is just maybe, me. Maybe we should play the movie backwards and see if there's oh, any no. secret messages. Oh, no. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> so the doll was an initial success. It became the best-selling toy in Britain in both 1968 and 1970. There was a brief foray into the United States market in 1978, and Cindy or er, Susan Olson, who played Cindy Brady on the Brady Bunch, even featured in a commercial for the doll. Hmm. Now, was that Cindy with an S or Cindy with a C? It was so C- Cindy Brady is with a C, but I guess okay. they 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 just couldn't resist the the yeah, Cindy yeah. connection. Yeah, fair enough. Cindy connection is a lesser known offshoot of the Rainbow Connection. <laughs> Someday we'll find it. it. The Cindy, Cindy Connection. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so Hasbro actually bought the rights to Cindy in the late 70s. Uh, by 1986, though, sales for Cindy were starting to decline, with Barbie starting to take the lead. So in 1989, Hasbro made the decision to redesign Cindy to look more... American, which translates to look more like Barbie. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, just just copy Barbie again. Yeah, yeah. Basically, if um, so you could actually look up some of the '90s era Cindy dolls on eBay, and I don't know if you remember what Barbie looked like at the time, but she had very platinum blonde hair, very like kind of almost orangey tan skin yeah. with the blue eyeshadow. So it, I, like, I, when I looked at them, I, I can definitely see the resemblance. Like, it, it did look pretty dang close <laughs> to the, the, the 90s Arabs Barbies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mattel agreed because they ended up filing a lawsuit for copyright infringement. Oops. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> which, just to be left, like, all, all of the movies we've profiled so far, people have, it, 
been sued in some way. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everyone. Oh no. Oh, I, I feel like I feel like I need to start. I need to start mixing it up. We're running into too many themes here. <laughs> but most of but, them, some of them got sued, but it didn't work. So yeah, yeah. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> Uh, so the the Mattel case was settled in 1992 when Hasbro agreed to remodel Cindy's face just to make it more distinct from Barbie. Uh, by 1998, Hasbro ended up returning the rights to Cindy to Pedigree Dolls and Toys, and Cindy was relaunched the following year. Uh, this was followed up by another relaunch in 2003 as part of the doll's 40th anniversary, with Cindy being redesigned to resemble a 15-year-old girl. This was followed up by yet another <laughs> relaunch in 2006, where Cindy was again redesigned, this time to be a more vague age between 12 to 15 years old. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and uh, so the Wikipedia page for Cindy kind of trails off around the anticipation of the 50th anniversary in 2013, but I did end up looking it up just to see, like, is Cindy still around? And yeah. and the doll line is still kicking today. Oh, wow. With a, Yeah, and there's actually a new line being anticipated for some time, released sometime in 2020. Huh. Well, good for you, Cindy. You're still kicking. Yeah, you're still, you're hanging in there, girl. <laughs> but so the, the film we're talking about today, Cindy the Fairy Princess, was made as a part of a celebration of Cindy's 40th anniversary back in 2003. The inspiration for this movie is possibly an early 90s era of Cindy dolls where she was a fairy princess. That Well, yeah, that tracks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> possibly, you know, possibly that was what it yeah. was. Uh, as you can imagine, there was a 2003 version of the Cindy the Fairy Princess doll, this time not using the very Barbie-esque <laughs> copyright infringing face. And now this is the one that was supposed to look like a 15-year-old? Yeah. Okay, yeah. weird. O- okay, weird, considering the movie. Yeah. But, all right. I, yeah. <laughs> considering she does get married in this film, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, it kind of puts a weird uh, shine over the events of the movie. Um <laughs> So speaking of that, are you are we ready to jump into the plot of Cindy the Fairy Princess Brie? I mean, I don't know if I'm ready, but yeah, I guess I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So let's let's get into Cindy the Fairy Princess. So the film opens in the live action shared bedroom of two siblings, Tom and Molly. Despite it being wintertime, with snow falling outside of their house, their window is wide open, and they're just happily playing in their bedroom with a couple of toys. Uh, There's a wizard doll for Tom, and a Cindy doll for Molly. I do enjoy that this little boy is like, my my doll is an evil wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, my, my my wizard Asbar is going to put a spell on Cindy. <laughs> Dang, kid. <laughs> and uh, and Molly just kind of shrugs it off. I'm sure she's put up with her brother's shit for a long time, <laughs> having to share a bedroom with him. Oh, God. 
But while she's playing with her doll, she happens to spy a CGI fairy <laughs> fluttering around her dollhouse. She's like, whoa, that's weird. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, she handles it pretty well. Um, I would, I would be a little more surprised, I think. Yeah, you know, but, you know, maybe she sees these all the time. Maybe this is not a weird occurrence for this child. Maybe. This is an so... amazing imagination. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Fra so from off screen, we hear mom announce that it's bedtime and Molly and Tom head off to bed with Molly telling Cindy not to worry because the fairy she saw will protect her. From what? Who knows? Mm -hmm. And so this is where the film really begins is that we transition to a beautiful CGI world where we see Cindy waking up in this picturesque fairy tale forest. <laughs> now, it's here. Here I am. For for disclosure, I am I am a CG animator, so. <laughs> There's definitely some things in here that stand out to me probably a lot more than they would to most people. So there's mm -hmm. there's definitely definitely some stuff in this CGI world. Granted, it is from 2003. It's this mm -hmm. is early era stuff. They I I have I put no blame on the artists. I guess is what I'm trying to yeah. say. But, oh, wow, some of this, it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. The the chief feature of this scene, I think, was Cindy. So Cindy, Cindy just wakes up and just starts walking through the forest. Her hair is going oh. all sorts of bananas. The hair sim is, when it hits its, when it hits her shoulders, it is, it, it is freaking out. It is mm -hmm. jumping. It's jittering all over the place. It looks like a living creature. Yeah. It's, it's not, it, it was a weird decision for them to put that hair sim in there, especially since it only lasts for about like two minutes and then the fairies change her hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, on that note, so Cindy, she's walking to the forest. Uh, she stumbles onto a village of tiny fairy creatures. Um, at first, the, cre the the fairies flee, thinking that Cindy is the evil wizard Asbar come to threaten them. But once Cindy reveals herself, the fairies see that she's just a normal girl and they're all friends. The fairies introduce themselves as Lily, Poppy, and Bluebell. And as you mentioned, I guess as a way to demonstrate that these are magical fairies, one of the fairies gives Cindy a new hairstyle, so it just kind of pulls it back so yeah. that it's no longer clipping with her shoulders yeah it's not they no longer have to do the hair sim which just yeah bless the fairies don't have hair like the simmed hair they just have modeled hair mm -hmm. which is which was a good call i think yeah and i i can't help but wonder if cindy's hair change if that was something that was always intended to be, or did they start animating this and they realized, holy shit, this hair sim isn't going to work? I... And... Yeah, I don't know. Be, I, I will point out that that Cindy doll that was released as a part of the, the movie tie-in, she has Cindy's original hairstyle with the weird braid around her hairline and the long flowing hair. Yeah. 
So it so, must have been they they maybe they had to have it look like that to match the doll, and then they were like, we cannot have this for the whole movie. It's not going mm-hmm. to work. So then they changed the hairstyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny too because like the fairies don't even ask Cindy, "Do you mind if we change your hairstyle?" They just do it. They just do it, and she's like, "Oh, thanks." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cindy's a pretty agreeable person. Yeah, she's she's chill. Hmm. But so just then, this evil laugh echoes across the land, and we cut to this brief scene of the evil wizard Asbar in his tower, talking to himself about how he's the most evil person in all of the land. Which is and, a sure thing to be yelling to yourself. Yeah, and this, so this is our introduction to our villain. This literally, it's like a 30 second scene where he's just laughing and just telling us how super evil he is. <laughs> All right, man. And, yeah, and then and then the scene just goes back to Cindy in the forest. <laughs> villain established. Yeah, check mark. <laughs> <laughs> so the fairies explain that Asbar is in possession of a powerful new wand, and he wants to use it to control the kingdom, as you do. The fairies say that the only thing that could potentially stop Asbar is Prince Hugo. If Prince Hugo is married by his 18th birthday, he'll inherit the family magic, which will make him powerful enough to protect the kingdom. If the prince doesn't marry, then Asbar will be basically untouchable. Yeah, no one will have enough magic to stop this evil man in his tower. No. And and the prince's 18th birthday, by the way, is they say that it's tomorrow. Which... So they are... Hmm. <laughs> There's some time shenanigans in this movie. Oh, I was I was wondering if you were gonna notice that. Oh we'll, boy, we'll, t- we'll touch that we'll later. But yeah. yeah, it's and also like he has to be married by the 18th birthday in order to inherit magic. I'm so it's befuddling. Yeah, it's a strange sort of. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, moving on. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> and it's, on. It doesn't make any kind of sense. Yeah, but so <laughs> on, on that note, we cut to a very pink castle where we see Prince Hugo. Uh, Prince Hugo is trying to select a bride, but it's not going super well. Uh, Hugo has apparently seen every woman in the kingdom at this point, but none of them have struck his fancy. Um, specifically, we see this old withered crone, um, coming up and trying to, like, like, hey, want some of this? And he is clearly not interested. The last woman that he could have seen in the entire kingdom. Yeah. (sighs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the so the the king is pretty firm, and he's telling Hugo like you need to marry somebody, and by not doing so, you are endangering the whole kingdom. But Hugo is pretty steadfast in that he hopes to marry somebody for love. My my notes just say, boy, you have a responsibility. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these people like... are gonna suffer. Just marry politically. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I have a hard time believing that you couldn't find somebody in the kingdom, the entire kingdom, that couldn't just strike your fancy enough just to be like, you know what, let's just get married now, at least I'm protecting my subjects, 
And if it doesn't work out, I guess we'll just invent medieval divorce. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a fairy tale. You gotta have yeah. a deadline, you gotta have a stakes, I guess. Yeah. But And also the and prince's the- hair, I just wanna I just wanna touch on his hair for a moment. <laughs> his terrifying hair. That is like hey. too too small. The the cranium is not big enough. The hair is flat on top and then has like an angle down. It's his it's design a, in general is terrifying. It's a baffling he, design. He does not look good. He's supposed to be 18, but he looks like he's going on 40. Yep. Yep. It's it's yeah. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I I know they were working with what they had at the time, but boy, they could have mm-hmm. at least made his hair not like a right angle <laughs> off of this like just flat on yeah. top and then a right angle downwards into stalactites. And he he kind of has the what's kind of starting to become known as like the Don Bluth uh, male lead hairstyle, where it's that center bang that yeah. kind of forms that M shape. Yeah, but they they couldn't get the soft M, so it's just oh yeah, it's very sharp. <laughs> it's a hard edge. He he kind of looks like a villain, to be he honest. He does. Like, he looks villainous. Yeah, there's just something about his design, and maybe it is, like, those hard angles that just make it seem like, you know, like, we just associate that with villainy. Yeah, that's true. That's probably it. Mm-hmm. But, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Sidebar on the prince's hair. It's, it's, it's sharp. It's, yeah, it, it could probably cut a bitch. <laughs> anyway, on with the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. So back in the fairy village with Cindy, Poppy decides to take Cindy on a pixie dust facilitated aerial tour of the kingdom. Flying around, Cindy gets to check out Asbar's tower, as well as Hugo's castle. The two structures in the entire kingdom. Yeah. (laughs) While they're flying around, they end up running into Prince Hugo, who went out for a walk. He was just wandering alone in the forest, you know, like princes do. <laughs> no entourage, no safety measures. No, it's that, fine. That would have that would have been too many more extra characters to animate. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so Hugo and Cindy immediately hit it off, as you would expect in a story like this. They're all nervous and suitably awkward around each other. It is love at first sight. Of course. Mm-hmm. He looks into those, like, giant neon purple <laughs> eyes, and he just falls head over heels in love. Cannot resist. No. And so Hugo ends up inviting Cindy to his birthday, and Cindy and Poppy fly off. Hooray. Which is a pretty, like... Like... <laughs> I mean, when, when your 18th birthday also falls on basically the date where you you're gonna lose all your family magic if you don't marry it seems kind of ballsy to invite somebody to a party for that yeah it's like are, is what is it it's gonna be a party even if you don't get married and the, therefore doom the kingdom yeah What's your like, plan here sir yeah it's, i mean should i eat first are you <laughs> serving food <laughs> you know but, you know, they're fine if, with it. It's fine. Yeah, It's fine. Yeah. 
It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so this brings us to a, our first real scene with Asbar. Um, he's somehow caught wind of Cindy's presence in the kingdom. I don't know if he maybe saw her flying around the tower or what, but he asks, asks his talking wand, uh, oh god, this name is terrible, Eulibus. 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 It sounds like everybody's saying universe in the movie, but it's Eulibus. Mm-hmm. He asks his talking magic wand, Eulibus, who is that girl? And... Eulibus shows him an image of Cindy, and Asbar sees this and just kind of begins concocting his evil plan. So, I guess he he kind of he somehow he knows that Cindy is in the kingdom, and at the same time he also knows that she's a threat to his whole plan to uh, to inherit the kingdom or to take over the kingdom. Yeah, maybe I like. Is she the only? 15 year old girl who's kind of pretty in the entire kingdom like is he like oh no there's one of them now the prince is gonna get married oh no what yeah what's the i don't know they really i mean they could have easily if they had had a scene where he like sees her out the window and then i don't know uh, instead of like, because the magic wand is able to show him visions of cindy and everybody if he saw a the scene of Cindy and the prince hitting it off, like, that would give him the perfect motivation to be like, I gotta get this chick out of the way. Yeah. But they don't. They do it just after the fact. That It's kind of one of those things that he knows it because the audience has been shown it even though he hasn't been witness to it in the actual story. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of several plot holes in Cindy the Fairy Princess. Sur- yes, surprisingly, there are a few plot holes <laughs> One or two. In, a movie, in a movie of this caliber. So back in the fairy village, Poppy and Cindy return from their flight. Cindy is absolutely smitten with Prince Hugo, which leads us into our first song of the film. And what about Prince Hugo? He held my hand, he said my name. Such gentle eyes, what a wonderful smile. Could he feel the same? Could it be that I found my princess? No, none of these none of these songs have official titles, by the way. At least none are listed in the credits of the film, so this is just Cindy's love song, let's call it. Yeah, Cindy's love song. Mm-hmm. Um well her duet, her her love song with Hugo. Yeah, so she and Hugo are singing this distant duet where they're confessing like their attraction to each other and they're just kind of wondering out loud if the other feels the same. Because they saw each other for two minutes, and yeah. now they, they're they deeply in love. Yeah, and I could kind of see, like, from Hugo's point of view, I could see how he probably would be super into this. Like, thinking, oh, hey, there's actually some kind of attraction with this girl. Yeah. I need to I need to marry her right away. So today or tomorrow, my birthday. Yes. <laughs> Cindy, on the other hand, I guess she just, I don't know, just likes the prince. 
I mean, when you're a teen, I guess, like, you see a cute boy and you're like, hell yeah. Yeah, like, that's all right, true. fine. Okay, I, you know, yeah, a cute boy spoke to you. And now, yeah, sure. Knowing knowing that the doll and therefore probably Cindy is supposed to be around fifteen years old, it's like it does kind of make this this bit a little more sense. Just how easily they both fall in love. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Oh, but I guess Hugo. So Hugo is eighteen and Cindy's 18. fifteen. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's moving on. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know what the laws are in the UK, but moving on. Oh, it, this is this is fantasy land. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I guess. I mean, that's true. And you know what? Ariel was like yeah. sixteen. In it's it's one of those things that I think just the older we get, the more we notice this stuff yeah. because we're no longer, you know. Yeah, like as a kid, that wouldn't clock to you at all. But as an adult, looking back at the media, you're like, uh, hang on. Snow as, White was as- how old? <laughs> Fourteen. Oh no! As, as two thirty-plus-year-old adults yeah. who spend their free time watching <laughs> shitty princess movies. Yeah, we got nothing. We we can say nothing at this point. Yeah. <laughs> about these about these fairy tales. It's almost like this film wasn't intended for us. What? What? How dare they? How? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This was uh, so back to Cindy's song. It's just it's there's so much going on in this that it just and the, and this is this is part of why I was a little unsure about this one being for the right for the podcast because there's so much visually just with this scene where just some of the reflections like they're trying to do a fun thing where she sees Hugo's reflection in the pond. It's but it's not a pond so much as it's a a puddle on the ground of mystery liquid. Yeah, it's and it's just, just a puddle. It, yeah, and it just it doesn't look like water. It just looks like something that's you know it. Alex Mack turned into <gasps> silver goo on the ground oh and God. is showing her a picture of oh my the God. prince. Thank you for proving that we're two thirty-plus-year-old adults <laughs> with that reference, Brie. Secret world of Alex Mack. Oh my God. That's a show that I haven't thought of in probably at least 20 years. Here I am, bringing, this, bringing those back to you. Uh, stay tuned for our next podcast, where we go through episode oh. by episode of The Secret World of Alex Mack. Alex Mack rewatch. Hell yeah. <laughs> we have oh, to find God. it first. I don't know if we could find Alex Mack oh, anywhere. We, we, we will find it, just like they were trying to find her for her secret powers. <laughs> for her secret oh, powers. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> there's so some points of note from that song. Um so first off, there's a bit where Cindy leans over and she straight up gets speared by some pointy grass. Oh yeah. Well, just... The set dress grass wasn't there when they were animating and then they brought in the set dress and it was already rendered and it you know Yeah. It was only on screen for 2 seconds. The kids aren't going to notice. Don't worry about it. Oh. But I did. We did. I did. I'm going to be a jerk and post it on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And and Cindy also in the song, she sees a unicorn. Yeah, just hanging out. Yeah, a unicorn with very full pouty lips. Oh my god, the lips on the... Why did they make... 
like I have a note later that it's just like the pink lips on this unicorn are so distressing. <laughs> he in general the unicorn's a little distressing. He's a little distressing. He is both too much like a horse and not like a horse. Yeah, it's it's he falls into the uncanny valley he's, for sure. He is an uncanny valley horse unicorn. <laughs> But so Cindy's song transitions back to Asbar in his tower, who is still spying on her. Uh, so Asbar very specifically points out to the audience the obvious that if Cindy marries Prince Hugo by the end of the day tomorrow, his plans are ruined. He angrily declares that Cindy will never marry Prince Hugo. Will she marry me? Never! Mark my words. Never! Never! <laughs> Hate that son! And uh, while he's doing this, he's kind of talking with Eulabus, uh, his wand, and... And also, his wand seems like he's not so bad of a guy. He's kind of... he's He ships uh, Cindy and the prince. Yeah, he's just like, oh, that's cute. Kids in love. Yeah, he's he's totally on their side. It's the the design of the wand. It is it's a little weird. Is bizarre because he looks like he would be an evil wand. I guess. Yeah. Something about, but I guess. I guess well, that's, they... that's more of a character design thing. That it's like. I, yeah. I don't know. I when well, I first saw gifts of this movie of him and uh, that uh, probably you posted on twitter yeah probably i i assumed that he and the wand were in cahoots because of the character design but no he is actually just a cool dude and i'm like that's my bad yeah i shouldn't have assumed hey. that that wand was also how villainous dare you it's my bad he he's got like a weird he's got a very like they try and make him very shiny and I feel like the texture, it's the too much. It's, it's kind of distracting. Yeah, it's not good. And he's just sort of, he's very pointy. Like he's got these, the mm -hmm. pointy chin and the pointy nose and the pointy ears. And I was like, that's what they do in animation to make the character look evil. But Yeah, yeah. It's... Again, it's, it's sort of the same with Prince Hugo. Like the, like sharp angles are like, ooh, danger, pointy things. So... That's why you tend to see them on villains, while heroes tend to get more, like, soft, gentle curves that, yeah. oh, I won't hurt myself if I hug this. Yeah. But no. I keep wanting to... Eulabus? Eulabus. Yeah, yeah Eulabus. He's actually just a decent guy. Mm -hmm. Wand. Head. On a stick. It's more of a scepter, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but... So back with Cindy, uh, she's finished up her song and and she returns to the fairy village and she announces to them that she just saw this unicorn. The fairies explain that that's actually their friend and protector, Shay. You know, just a friendly mm -hmm. unicorn. He hangs out. Yeah. yeah, just hangs out around the fairy village. And uh, it, it's at the end of the day at this point, so the fairies uh, race off to go finish their jobs for the day, which is, you know, raising the moon and curling up the flowers for the night. Cindy lays down to sleep, and just after she falls asleep, Shay appears and says that he'll watch over Cindy. Cool. Sh Shay's <laughs> voice, by the way, the first time I watched this, 
it's like it's I don't know it's it's it was not a voice I was expecting to hear from a unicorn. Say, I'll watch over Cindy tonight. No. It's I've grown to really kind of like it because it's kind of this authoritative sort of like deeper uh but also kind of gentle voice. I don't know. It's like I I I'm on Shay's I'm on Shay's team here. Yeah. He he becomes the MVP of of Cindy the Fairy Princess. He really see. does. Like mm. shout out to Shay the Unicorn for for being you, the cool one. Yeah. You're terrifying to look at, but I would still want you on my side during a scuffle. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you, you Shay the Unicorn. <laughs> I all of the voice act, well, most of the voice acting in this in this movie is actually like not bad. It's pretty good. It's yeah. Pretty fun. Well, we'll get we'll probably get into the voice actors after we get through the plot, but yeah. they are trying here. This oh, is yeah. Yeah. And there are there yeah, like there is some decent talent involved in this. I think because this is uh these are all British actors, we don't really they don't sound super familiar to us, but I, I get the impression that these voices might be more uh uh recognizable, familiar. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Recognizable to uh, British people. Mhm. But the next morning, Cindy wakes up and we see that she during the night she's been awkwardly covered up with a bunch of leaves by Shay and the fairies. Yeah, cuz she was she literally just like lied down in the grass and went to sleep. Yeah. Um so the the fairies end up suggesting that Cindy goes to the market to buy herself a blanket to keep herself warm instead. So Cindy gets off to go do this and I don't know if you noticed this Bree, but when so this this is going to get maybe a little crass here but when Cindy gets up the camera's positioned in such a way that you can see up her skirt oh no but instead of changing the shot they instead placed a big leaf to block out direct view of her <laughs> groin from the camera <laughs> they couldn't orbit that camera listen the shot was animated for the camera they couldn't change it they didn't realize put a leaf there no, yeah, it's, it's fine. just... It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I assume that they... Like, I, I'm sure that you probably have a word for this, but whatever, like, rig you use, if a character has a skirt to get it to, like, lay flat or to kind of drape around them... Yeah, it would just be... It depends on the, the production. It seems like her skirt is largely Geo, which would just have a rig on it, but... They're hard to do, and I can't imagine it was easy to do at that point in time, so I imagine there's not actually that much, like, they couldn't really adjust the skirt to go between the legs, like, if she's got her knees up, so... Yeah. I think they had to do with what they got. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it, especially because there are there are some later scenes where you, again, you kind of get that angle where you can potentially see up her, her skirt, and... In those scenes, her underwear area is just encased in shadow. Yeah. It, it's just like a dark void. I don't know if they intentionally did that or if it was just how the lighting worked out as a happy accident in the scene. But yeah, they... Just another example of just the early... This the stuff that people had to deal with with early uh, CGI. Yeah. 
just doing their best and you know the shot's already finished sometimes sometimes in cg there's a thing where if the camera can't tell then it's fine so you can Mm -hmm. cheat things if they're if the camera can't see it so it could have been that that like they had no time they had to they that shot was animated to camera and if you move that camera something was breaking so just put a leaf there and it's fine yeah (laughs) but so uh cindy decides to go off to the market by herself and asbar sees this and decides to meet her there so, which I was very confused because I thought she's new here. She doesn't know where she's going. The fairies are like, go to the market. And then they send her off alone. And she just knows where it is. It's fine. Don't worry about it. She just Yes. Yeah, Cindy fits in pretty well with this world. You kind of forget that she just woke up in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess uh, thinking back on it, how should that first scene have been interpreted? Because we see the live action doll. And then she wakes up in the kind of the fantasy world, and she, I guess it's, this is just, is this all meant to be in Molly's imagination? I imagine this- so. I, I, I didn't ask too many questions about that. That was the only point where I was like, that's, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I was confused because I was like expecting them to show her where to go to go to the market. But yeah, then or- she just wanders off on her own. And I was like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Well, Weird, but or, whatever. Or at least have one of the fairies or Shay accompany her to the forest. Especially because Shay, like, declared that he was going to protect Cindy the night before. Yeah, but no, he's gotta go. Yeah. He's busy. He's got, he's got, he's got things to do. He's got unicorn th- business to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> I, so Cindy just starts wandering around this market. And I don't know about you, Bree, but I was really surprised by how populated this market was and like yeah actually i wasn't surprised at the time but you're right there's a lot of just random characters kind of doing business in the background yeah and and also too just like you get you kind of get like an establishing shot of the market and it looks decent you know like not amazing but for this production like this actually felt like an an actual environment yeah as, as I guess opposed to the alternative where it's just like maybe they just put up like a single like fruit stand and they just duplicate that five yeah. times. <laughs> no, but this is actually like there's there's some some good design work going on in this little market. Hmm. It's so, some yeah some of the textures not so much. Oh there's God, the, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think at one point it looked like they they just had like a texture like just a photograph of like fruits and vegetables in like a vegetable stand but it was something that was supposed to be like probably further in the background than they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a flat texture. It's a JPEG of fruits and vegetables. <laughs> yeah, and I think some of the flowers too are same thing. Like yeah. just this very flat texture. No one's going to notice. It's fine. <laughs> But, so, Cindy is going through the market. Asbar uses Eulabus to turn into an old- to turn an old woman into stone so that he could then take her form at the market. He enchants a blanket with a spell that will lock Cindy into a deep sleep if she uses it. 
Uh, Cindy, of course, comes up to that particular stall, and despite Asbar acting incredibly suspicious, including giving her the blanket for free, Cindy takes it and happily leaves. Oh, it is soft. How much? For you, my dear, nothing. No, I can't. Yes, you can. I, I, I mean, uh, please accept my gift. You're very kind. Thank you. Bye. Sleep well, oh pretty one. Oh, sweet. Okay, well, I got what I needed for free. Hooray. I yeah, don't, don't is... know if she had any money anyway, so yeah. everything worked out great for her. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, she she just arrived. She has nothing. So, yeah, worked out. I don't know what yeah. she was going to do yeah. otherwise. Also, when uh, when he turns the shopkeeper into stone, like the old lady, mm-hmm. um, and he magic, he, he sort of, because she's still standing in the stall, he, like, conjures a blanket out of nowhere to mm-hmm. just, like, cover up the stone lady. <laughs> yeah. It, it's I've watched it over a couple times because it's the the cloth sim is actually not terrible, but it does appear as a as like a a black square for several frames before settling <laughs> onto her. It's, oh, that's awesome! It's very good. <laughs> no, nobody sees that happening in this market too. This very busy market. But you know, there's other things to look at. She's just the blanket selling lady. Hmm. They gotta buy their JPEG fruits. They're busy. <laughs> they're yeah. They're too busy expecting all five of those JPEGs. So Cindy returns to the fairy village, where we see that the fairies have prepared a surprise for her. They revealed this makeshift shelter, uh, a fairy den, which is this grass bed with these two logs forming a small overhang. Yeah, it's just sort of a, like, they they made her a makeshift bed so that she doesn't have to just lie on the ground to sleep. Yeah, yeah, instead she gets to lie on a grass bed on the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, I kind of, I kind of laughed at this, and it's, and it's just because the fairies all live in houses. Like, they're, like, tiny yeah. fairy-sized houses, to be fair. But I don't know why, it just made me laugh that they, that Cindy just has to sleep outside. Yeah, she has to sleep outside in on on just like a platform of grass. Yeah. I I presume if she was there for longer maybe they would try and carve her an actual house or something. I I think maybe they're operating under the assumption that she only has to use it for one night and then she'll go and marry the prince and go live yeah. in the castle. So yeah, maybe fine. they've they've already got this pegged. They're like, oh yeah, we saw how the prince was making eyes at her. We just gotta like fancy herself, fancy up something for her just for one night or two nights, depending on depending when on the prince's <laughs> birthday actually is. <laughs> yep, because this is this because she slept the night, and this is mm-hmm. technically this should be the day of the prince's birthday slash yeah. wedding. They specifically said yesterday was, like, that tomorrow is the prince's birthday. He has to be married by the end of his birthday. And at this point, Cindy is about ready to go to bed. Yeah, she returned from the market, and then she puts her blanket down on her grass bed. 
to lie yeah. on top of because putting a cloth over top of her would have been ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why you don't, when you go to bed in a game, your character does more often than not sleeps on top of the covers. In CG, putting the covers on top, not easy. <laughs> You know, I did. I didn't even think about that, but that's a good point. You, you lie I, on top of the bed, not in yeah. the bed. <laughs> yeah, that is that it's far far easier to deal with. Oh yeah. But so yeah, so as you mentioned, Cindy places her blanket down, and the magic spell on it entices her to lay down and fall into a deep sleep. So uh, it's nighttime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's nighttime. It's the, bedtime. The princess. Happy birthday. The princess birthday is over. Don't worry yeah. about it. As Asbar's one. Um, but so Asbar, in his tower, he commands the magic wand to bring Cindy to him. Um, so this kind of leads into, I put like a big question mark here, the second song of the film, where Asbar is commanding the blanket to carry Cindy to him. And it starts, it starts, it levitates her up and starts flying her back to his tower uh, magic carpet style. Perhaps I'm a touch too ambitious, even brash maybe, never vicious, and soon the whole world will dance to my soul. So glide to me, Cindy, my precious little flower, my magic won't be diminished. But this song, it feels like almost like spoken beat poetry. Like it's just kind of him talking set to backing music. Yeah, he's he's sing talking. Yeah, and it it kind of feels like, you know how like that that first uh, like bit of a song will kind of like it starts to build you up towards like the the meat, the real meat of the song. Yeah. Asbar's song just feels like it's just the entire thing is just lead up. Like, you're kind of waiting for him to, like, launch into something more impressive, but it just never happens. It never happens. But, yeah, it's... It just sort of comes and goes. Yeah, it's definitely... I Like, villain songs are are sometimes the most fun song in a movie, so it's definitely a little disappointing that yeah. th- this one just kind of falls flat. But, so... <laughs> Moment of silence for that song, I guess. <laughs> to, really, to really punctuate how flat that it, it fell. <laughs> but, so... Uh, back with Cindy. So I'll say right here, this is my favorite goddamn scene of Cindy the Fairy Princess. it's... It's incredible. Cindy flies past Shay on the magic blanket, and Shay takes off after her. So there's this dramatic chase where he's trying to catch up with her as she's just passed out on this carpet. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Just before the blanket reaches Asbar's castle, Shay full-on body checks Cindy off the blanket. She gets some serious airtime. She flies <laughs> off that blanket. Yeah, and he, so she, he knocks her and she goes flying and he manages to catch her very awkwardly on his back. Yeah, because she and- was, she was sort of sleeping on her side. And so, mm-hmm. but when he knocks her off the blanket, she doesn't really change position. So she's still kind of on her side as she flies through the air. And as she lands on him, she lands 
uh, like her shoulders kind of touch his shoulders, but she's still yeah. on her side. So she's not really connecting with his back properly. It's it is strange. It honestly they could have just like had her. Hurts. Yeah, it, they could have just had her because they cut to a reverse shot and she's just sitting on him. They could mm-hmm. have just had her land sitting. But instead, she lands in this incredibly awkward position. Yeah. It looks like her neck gets snapped or something yeah. as she falls. And as, and as the clincher on this scene, the magic carpet carries on without Cindy, and it crashes into the tower drawbridge where it explodes <laughs> into a cloud of sparkles. <laughs> oh, I love it so much because it's... It, it's like the little girl version of like in movies when a car goes off a cliff and it explodes. When yeah. it hits, or just like cars exploding in general, anytime they touch something in a movie, it like it's such a big explosion of sparkles. Like, what was was she just going to like be bashed into the door? Oh my god! Oh my god! That would have been. <laughs> Which like, she- Asma realizes, oh, fuck, I didn't leave the door open. <laughs> Jeez, oh, my God. Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God, I didn't want to kill anybody. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Oh. Oh, oh God. I'm a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The, yeah, again, so this is my favorite scene. And I and as it's, a weird side it's note. It's so good. I've I've posted this to Twitter before, and for some fucking reason, Twitter keeps censoring this. <laughs> it keeps it keeps applying that stupid automatic. This might contain this video might contain sensitive content. What the fuck, Twitter? <laughs> fucking, it's a unicorn chasing after a girl in a bunch of carpet. This is like the most magical scene in the movie, and nobody's gonna see it. See it because Twitter keeps goddamn censoring it. <laughs> this is for adults only. Can't yeah. make sure you want to see this sensitive material. Yeah, I oh like I don't God. know what, like how it's like, it's like a trap that I'm gonna have to like like play on people. <laughs> you know, it's like please everybody watch this. I swear to God, it's not something weird. It's just a unicorn saving a girl <laughs> by body checking her fifty feet in the air. Oh, oh, I'm in pain. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Twitter. Wow. Oh, fuck you, Twitter. Oh How my dare god. you? How dare you do this to me? Everyone needs to see this, Twitter. How dare I you ask, deny them? I ask for so little, Twitter. <laughs> I even I even tried reposting it, like after like I I, oh. I like deleted it and I reposted it to see if like was it just a weird one off thing? And no! It did it again! <laughs> Twitter. Twitter. Let people see the unicorn, Twitter. How dare you do this to me? Don't you know who I am? She is the premier collector of bad princess movies, and you do this to Christie? How dare dare you, Twitter? You've made a powerful enemy today. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna tell tell the uh, podcast viewers all, like, like, ten of them. (laughs) Oh my god. God. <sighs> okay. But, but so back to Cindy. So back to Cindy. <laughs> so uh, Cindy is, is safe with Shay. Asbar is pissed and he he decides that it's going to be time for plan B. But, you know, we'll we'll figure that out in the morning. 
The day of the prince's birthday. Yeah, maybe. Maybe this time. Maybe this time it'll stick. (laughs) Who knows? So back at the fairy village, Cindy is questioning why Asbar would want to capture her. And Shay explains that Prince Hugo has found his true love, Cindy. Yep. And, uh, you know, you met for 30 seconds and he found his true love. Yeah, and they, I, I don't know how Shay knows this. That's, hmm. It's fine. I guess, I guess people just, I don't know, they just have, just this magical world, they can just sense true love, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, it's a fairy tale, sure. <laughs> so, uh, so Shay and the fairies declare that they won't let Asbar take Cindy away. And just then, <laughs> Prince Prince Hugo appears. Oh, amazing. Hi, Aww. Hugo. Hi. Wow. You sound so- a little weird. <sighs> Prince Hugo, it's you. You have to come with me, Cindy. <clears throat> it's not safe here. We can protect Cindy. We yeah, can- a little off, which Shay notices, but he, but uh, we he see. He keeps uh, that ob- observation to himself. Yeah, he keeps it under his horn. Uh, so Prince Hugo tells Cindy that it's not safe for her in the forest. And after some convincing, uh, the fairies and Shay reluctantly agree to let Hugo take Cindy back to the castle. Just before Hugo leaves, his cuff gets caught on a branch and and a button flies off. And... Only we, the audience, get to see this close-up of the button, which changes from a white button with an H on it to a black button with an A. I can't get over the, the, the like, monogrammed button. Like, it's... it's, it's I, yeah, it's great! Who, take, like, who, who he, takes the time to monogram your buttons? I guess... Like... H for... Why would you... Why... Why? Asbar doesn't even have buttons with A on them. Like, he would have to have had the buttons be on there, and what? it's just, I, uh. Yeah, I was, like, I was trying to it's look great. at that, actually, after this scene. I was, like, any, I was trying to, like, stare at his sleeves to be like, does he even have buttons? And I wasn't really sure. I don't like, think Like, on when Asbar's back in his normal form. Yeah, I don't think he does. I don't know. It's like, I, I get what they're trying to do here, but it definitely, it doesn't, I don't know, they're... I, I feel like you didn't need it at all because you had yeah so when so when Prince Hugo when he first shows up he talks in like his not normal voice for a little it's bit like, and then he <laughs> it's, it's Hugo's voice actor uh, imitating Asbar's voice basically yeah yeah and and as and as we noted so Shay notices this but he kind of like you see a reaction shot of him and he kind of brushes it off yeah so. I feel like you don't really need to have the button because when, as we see later, when shit starts hitting the fan, there's going to be a very clear signal that, oh shit, Asbar is up to no good. Yeah. So, so we really didn't need this extra, like, addition of the button to, like, further hit it home. But I think this is just one of those things that, again, this is not intended for 30-year-olds to be watching. <laughs> yeah. The, they... And even, like, you know, Shay reiterating that, oh, well, Cindy is Hugo's true love. And even even Asbar 
he says a few times in different scenes that, oh, well, if Cindy marries Hugo, my plan is ruined. So it's very clear that this is meant for a very, like, a young audience. And they're oh, trying yeah. to make sure that audience can keep up. Oh, yeah. I I do feel like they're not giving kids enough credit. Oh, no. <laughs> but I not get at all. The, yeah, I get the intention, at least. But, so Prince Hugo takes Cindy to a small pond, where he then reveals himself to be Asbar in disguise. Dun dun dun! Asbar uses his magic to turn the landscape into ice and snow, and he traps Cindy in this giant tower made of ice. Which is, I have, a, I have like a note on here that like, sorry, <laughs> the yeah. ice forming the castle wasn't a bad effect. I I yeah. was I was struck actually that it didn't look too like half bad. Yeah, there's there's a few bits in here that like as we've noted, there's some odd jankiness in the animation, but that there were other scenes where like they they did a decent job. Yeah. And it's just I don't know, if, if it's just a matter of they like maybe were these scenes animated first and they had more time for them? Was it just that they just had a really good person for Who'd like, oh, I, I've got a really sweet ice effect that yeah, I know like, how to do. I really figured out how to do this ice, like, texture model. Like, mm -hmm. who knows? Who knows? But, you know, I, I just wanted to make a note that, that the ice tower, as it's forming, for the time, does not look half bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, good yeah. point. Yeah. But, so yeah, so Cindy is now trapped in the giant ice tower, and then... Asbar magically changes the day to night. It's night again. Uh, yeah. The princess's he, birthday he, is over. <laughs> yeah, again. Again. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. They, yeah, they, they did not do, I don't know, they must not have, they must have written that and then they didn't, I don't know, they lost sight of how many days were passing in the actual story. Yeah. I don't know. It's this one. I assumed that it was just like he had blotted out the sun. It's See, not I'm, actually I'm... nighttime. It's just like two o'clock and he <laughs> decided it was yeah. time to be night. I'm not a hundred percent sure because when, so a little later we see Shay and he mentions, like he starts talking about like when they realize uh, that the Prince Hugo they saw was fake he mentioned specifically yesterday that the yes, you know that yesterday the Hugo they saw was fake. But then oh. I don't know. Maybe without clocks, like I guess if you in a fantasy medieval world, if the sun sets, you are going to assume that oh, I guess it's night the next day. But there is there is explicitly clocks later in the <gasps> film. Oh fuck, that's right. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, Never no. mind. Oh no. <laughs> oh. Well, now she's trapped, well, and they yeah. figure out that it was Asbar. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, so, oh, but I, I guess before this, though, there's a brief moment where we cut back to the real world where we see Molly wake up. Um, so she, she gets up and she shuts the open window, which has let in a bunch of fake snow. Um, yeah. <laughs> So it's she she cleans the fake snow off of Cindy and then goes back to bed. 
and it just, and I guess it's you know to remind you that this is a, a story happening within a child's dreams, yeah. which which I won't lie, I did forget that at this point in the movie. Oh yeah, and so the scene happened, and I was like, oh yeah. And I don't know if it's just being Canadian, or at least you know in in my part of Canada. But when these two children went to bed with that window open oh and you could see the fake snow, I'm like, what are you doing? You're going to freeze, children. Close that window. Is this, are winters different in Britain? Maybe. I mean, maybe they are. But like, maybe. you're not paying to heat the outside. Get, no. Get, get those windows closed. What are you doing? If it's, yeah, if it's cold enough that snow is falling, you close that goddamn window. It's too cold. God. <laughs> Our Canadian sensibilities kicking in, like, what yeah. is happening? How how dare you? If their mother was more than just an off-screen voice, I'm sure she would have yelled at them for that. <laughs> she has no form to come in and close the window. No, no, they wouldn't. They would have had to hire another actress. <laughs> it's not in the budget. Not in the budget. But, so, back in the fairy village, everything is covered with ice and snow. Um, the... So when Asbar first like did the the darkness spell, um, he he mentioned at one point that he he did it partially because well number one he thought it was he likes darkness and thought it was scarier, and number two because he was afraid the sun would melt his ice spell. Um, but back in the fairy village, Poppy just raises the sun. Yeah, she's just like oh I'll just go wake the sun up. Hang on one second, and then like. The snow and ice all starts to melt because she's just like, oh, got the sun back. Yeah. Cool. Like, oh, which is why I was shoot, like... that was easy. Yeah, which is why I was like, oh, it must have just been like a magic spell that it was like, it was still the same day, but he decided to make it nighttime. But now yeah. it's daytime on the same day again. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Time like, you, is you fake. Just... <laughs> yeah, time, yeah, what is time even in this world? It's an illusion. <sighs> mm-hmm. But uh, at that point, Shay and the fairies discover the the button left by Asbar, and they realize that Hugo, uh, the Hugo they saw, was Asbar in disguise. Dun dun dun. And this this reveal is punctuated by um, a Shay's animation messing up. Oh, um, his eyes! Are terrifying. Yeah. So Shay Shay has like very black irises, and in this scene. It's, it's like the eye rolls back into his head because all of a sudden his eye just turns solid black. Yeah. And it's, it's just terrifying. It looks really creepy. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a great white shark. Oh God. Oh yeah. It's spooky. But so Shay races off to get the real Hugo while the fairies go off to the ice tower to see if they can help Cindy. Which they cannot because they're... <laughs> The, the magic doesn't let them fly up to the top of the castle for some yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, magic. Mm -hmm. Undefined magic. Yeah, that's fine. So back with Cindy, uh, she and Asbar are having just a conversation in the tower. Um, uh, Asbar has, Asbar reveals that his family has actually been trying to take over the kingdom for centuries. And Cindy swears that he won't succeed because he's a coward with no real power. So basically, Asbar has no power of his own. It all just comes from Eulabus. Which, 
I guess must have been passed down, but but didn't they say it wasn't at the beginning of the film? Yeah, it sounds like it suggested that he he got a new a new powerful wand. So maybe he had a different wand before because he's known as an evil wizard. So he has a history of doing evil things with magic, but yet he has no real magic of his own. Yeah. Hmm. yeah that's, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> his whole family was evil evil wizards that have no magic. Yeah. But, so, Asbar tells Cindy that he's going to keep her locked up in the tower until midnight, at which point Prince Hugo's birthday will have passed. And he then excuses himself by saying, I'll be in my study, polishing my plans. Which is, which is such a weird line. Sounds like a euphemism, but no, it's not. It sure does, but it sure isn't. Also, Mm -hmm. I have noted here, and it's just, it's a thing throughout the movie, but I, I guess I just made a note of it here. This movie loves to have the character, the character's face, 2.5 inches from the camera mm-hmm. <laughs> like the camera is there's so many close-ups like a, a mid shot is ridiculous mm-hmm. just keep that camera up close in their faces yeah and i and i guess i Please don't know if up. that yeah <laughs> yeah it's i don't know they 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 definitely seem to have trouble sometimes composing a shot like well and sort of like again with that earlier shot of like the weird upskirt of cindy where it felt like if when you have these limitations like try moving the you know move the camera around to see if you could change that so it's not so awkward yeah maybe it was more difficult with the software at the time i don't know but i it was just something that i noticed several times Mm -hmm. i was like please back that camera up up it doesn't need to be looking up their noses. Mm-hmm. So the fairies try and break into the tower, but as you mentioned, Asbar's spell prevents them from doing anything. Thankfully, Prince Hugo arrives. Hooray! Uh, woo! There he is. Shay and the fairies collectively pull together. Uh, coming up with a plan to use all of their magical powers so that Prince Hugo and Shay can gallop into the sky. And they do so, dodging ice spikes that are erupting from the tower. Uh, Just as they near Cindy, the ice tower apparently starts to melt under the sun, so it starts to be more unstable. So Cindy has to make a jump from the window into Hugo's arms. A daring jump from the window. This, yeah, this dramatic jump that looks like she's maybe a foot away from him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That would still be really terrifying if you were up that high, I guess, to be that's, fair. That's true. Um, while, while this is happening, by the way, so the ice tower, the ice tower starts to, starts to melt and, like, everything starts to shake. Um, the screen shaking, like, the at one point, the black bars giving this, like, kind of, like, a sort of widescreen, like, they, they start wiggling up and down. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so you can just kind of see it, and it's just, like, <laughs> it's kind of like in, in, like, the old Star Trek episodes, where it's, like, the bridge was shaking, and then, yeah. like, like, the actors on sets just have to, like, wiggle around while the camera, like, tilts. <laughs> That's how you add the, how, add drama. I, mm-hmm. I am, I am so familiar with adding the camera shake to make things look more dramatic sometimes that's what you gotta do yeah 
I think it's definitely, like, it is, like, a, a viable technique, I think. It's more, it, I found it distracting because I noticed the black bar wiggling up and down. Yeah. So it just, it, it caught my attention, and then I can't not notice it any time I watch the scene. <laughs> also, when they land again, because he saves Cindy, and they gallop back down to the ground, it definitely, it's... Shay is looking in such a direction that again his eyes are all black for a minute or t- for like a few seconds. I'm like, oh no, the, d- yeah. the the possessed unicorn is back. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I should mention too. So the whole plan to combine all of their powers, and even like the idea to like for the fairies to go to the tower and he get Prince Hugo, that was all Shay's idea. Yeah. Shay orchestrated Cindy's rescue. And he doesn't get proper credit for it. No. Shay is the MV- M- MVP. Yeah. MVU. Most valuable unicorn. There we go. Thank you for your service, Shay. We we appreciate you, Shay. Mm-hmm. But so with Cindy safely on the ground, Hugo takes the time to propose to Cindy, which she, of course, happily accepts. Of course. And with that, the ice tower collapses, and Cindy, Hugo, and the fairies begin to make their way to the castle. Hooray! Woo! Hooray! It's, it's, it's a thing. Oh, God. Cindy, we gotta get this. We gotta have the quickest wedding in the world. It's, we, we've got, like, half a day to get this done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because yeah, it, see, because it's once again my 18th birthday. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, this is where the time gets all messed up. So now, because so, when they rescue Cindy, it's daylight. But then we, so when we cut back to Cindy, some time has obviously passed because it is now nighttime. She's in the castle um, with the fairies. Mm-hmm. So I guess somewhere between her rescue and where we're catching back up with her later in the evening, I guess they were trying to scramble to get the wedding done? I guess. Because at this point, wouldn't you just get a get the nearest priest, and you wouldn't you just have a quickie, like, let's just get the ceremony done, and we'll worry about the big formal thing later when we have more time and yeah. when our kingdom isn't threatened? Like, sign those papers. Put the rings on. Bing, bang, hmm. boom. You're married. Done done and then have the ceremony tomorrow yeah maybe the ceremony is part of the like magic passed down curse question mark i oh god who knows inheritance thing yeah how does it how does it work oh god (laughs) listen we can't worry about that we got a wedding to go to (laughs) oh but now i'm going to worry about it (laughs) Um, so yes, yeah, so Cindy is at the castle. She's happily dancing around her room, probably just in anticipation for her wedding. And then one of the fairies points out that Cindy doesn't have a dress. Oh no. So this leads us into the last song of the film, where the fairies come together to magically whip up a dress for Cindy. We've got magic at our fingertips and threads made of gold. A fairy sense of fashion is the best, so we're told. Bluebell, Poppy, and Lily are at hand. And when we finally finish, you'll be the best in the land. Allow us to help you cheer up your day. A tiny bit of magic. For some reason, I have the note, the fairy song is good, actually. I don't actually remember if the fairy song was good at all, but I, I don't know if I may be just comparing it to the earlier songs. 
Maybe. I, I mean... <laughs> It kind of drones on, I find. Like it's sort That's of the fair. same. It's sort of the same thing as um, as Asbar's song, where it feels like it should be building towards something, but they're just kind of replaying the same tune over and over, and just kind of like there isn't like a big crescendo. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just it's basically just them talking about like, oh, like this is how we're going to make your dress, and then at the end of it, they just magically will address into existence yep the dress is just there now um yeah so she has wings that yeah, function so, yeah so cindy so cindy gets a very kind of prom like pink dress with big pink fairy wings which is what you wear to your wedding of course mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and as you might imagine just to point out this is the outfit that the official cindy the fairy princess doll comes in that makes sense mm-hmm <laughs> That that tracks. And and the reasoning for her having the wings is that she apparently has all the qualities of a fairy. So I guess they just thought she should have them? I guess. I I don't know. I wonder if they're permanent. Does yeah, do they come off with the dress? I don't I don't know. They looked stuck in there. That'd be really annoying because I like to sleep on my back. <laughs> You're squishing your wings all the time. Yeah, like you would have to really commit to being like a either like a stomach sleeper or I guess a side sleeper, and then hope to God you don't roll over in the middle of the night. Well, as we saw, she's a side sleeper, such to the fact it's like so, so much of a side sleeper that even if you knock her off of a blanket while she's, <laughs> while she's flying, she will continue to sleep on her side. Oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> she never moves. No, oh, so she's good then. Yeah, she's you fine. to worry about. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so Cindy, of course, loves her dress. And with specifically, they, they mentioned it is now 20 minutes to midnight. Prince Hugo arrives in a fancy pink carriage and he and Cindy set off to their wedding. Hooray. It's 20 minutes. They're cutting it close. Yeah, they're they're cutting it so so close. Um, I I will note one thing here. Um, Prince Hugo is wearing a different outfit in this scene. He actually has like a royal yeah. uh, suit on. So they, that they, means they took the time to make another outfit for him. Yeah, and and that means that Cindy the fairy princess has something over the princess in the pea. <laughs> if you multiple, remember, <laughs> multiple outfits for the prince. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of, I felt like, after seeing that, I felt like I had to note this. Yeah. God damn it, Rolo, you couldn't have worn a different outfit. (laughs) There's no time to design a second one. No. Couldn't even color it black or something. No. Anyways. Whereas whereas this prince, Hugo, Mm -hmm. I forgot his name for a moment, Hugo gets (laughs) two outfits. Yeah. But so back with Asbar, who apparently has spent the entire day working on finalizing his plans to the point where he is only just now finding out that Cindy was freed. Yeah, he was polishing his plans. He was busy. Yeah, (laughs) he was very focused on polishing his plans. Yeah. (laughs) But so Asbar ends up sneaking into the castle, but he's seen by Poppy, who goes to tell the other fairies. With only five minutes left until midnight, the as we see on the clock, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, 
with only five minutes left, the fairies realize that despite being little, they are the ones that will have to stop Asbar. They have to be brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were all they were all worried because Shay wasn't there, and I and I think they realized that they were useless without him. <laughs> so they're like, "Oh shit, it's up to us now." Oh, oh no. no! Oh, we're doomed. <laughs> so from his hiding spot, Asbar tries to cast a spell, but the fairies grab his wand. After a brief tug of war, the wand slips and flies out from Asbar's grasp, and it momentarily lands on top of the chandelier. The fairies urge Cindy to use her wings, and Cindy, very triumphantly, set to stock music, flies up and <laughs> manages to catch the wand before it's able to fall back into Asbar's hands. She does like a, there's like a epic slow-mo moment as she swings and grabs it right out of the air. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, good, actually. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I wish I could think of where I've heard this music before, because I know I have heard it, so I, I know that it's a stock sound. Fly, Cindy. But I'm trying to picture, like, what show it would have appeared in. Oh, but it's I didn't just, even it's, notice. I don't know. It's almost like, it's almost like the equivalent of when the Superman theme starts playing up, and then, <laughs> and then Superman starts flying away. Like, that's what they were going for. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But Eulabus thanks Cindy for saving him, and Asbar is easily captured by the castle guards. With one minute before midnight, Shay arrives to deliver Cindy's wedding ring. Just, just the horse walking down the aisle, it's fine. Yeah, and he's just, he's just like, oh, here you go. He has the ring on his horn. Where did he get it? It doesn't matter. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You're telling me you spent half a day trying to put together this wedding and nobody, like, thought to get a, a ring for Cindy earlier than this? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Listen, they're married now. It's fine. Yes, yes. Also, so- also when she catches the, the Eulabus, it turns, mm-hmm. he turns from, like, this sort of gold, like, dirty bronze, goldish color to, like, the most high reflective silver I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's it's so he's so shiny. Yeah, it's like his yeah. It's I guess I mean a good job for them trying to do a different texture, like trying to do something metal. But it's just like so like it's too much. It's so it's to the point that it feels distracting how shiny he is. You can't tell where because at least before you could sort of. They had like a a different angle on the or they had did they did something different with the texture in like the irises of his eyes so you could see where he was looking when he mm-hmm. turns silver he's just like got these terrifying empty silver eyes yeah this yeah terrifying empty eyes is a good like tagline for this movie for this whole movie yeah it, yeah yeah. <laughs> but so with Cindy and Hugo getting married. Hugo inherits his family's magic powers just in the nick of time. He uses it to magically banish Asbar to a land far, far away. So I guess you're just going to be somebody else's problem. Yeah, he's gone now. Yeah. The I... I burst out laughing at when they kiss because they just, they just sort of mush the two character faces together. 
just it is i laughed so hard because i know they tried yeah like kisses are hard to do in cg they are mm-hmm. so difficult because like yeah. the, the fleshiness of the face the the way the faces lock together it's very very hard but this one was mm-hmm. just it was just so precious because they just push <laughs> them together it's like, oh, I know right. it kind of it does kind of make it adorable. It's like, oh, you're trying, oh. you're trying really hard. I can't imagine how difficult it yeah. probably was with your technology at the time. But, yeah, oh, oh, it sure yeah. looks, it sure looks I away. I don't, I don't mean oh. for it to be patronizing at all, but it no. just, it is like, it's, it's just kind of quaint to see. I guess just this reminder of how far CGI has come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I did. I did laugh. I did have a giggle. (laughs) So Hugo and Cindy share their first dance as husband and wife. And we do get like a brief reprise of their love song playing in the background over top a even briefer montage of events from the film. Which which was so weird. It's like, remember this thing that happened? Because this is not a long film. This is 45 minutes, baby. And they had to they had to show us a montage of earlier in the film. For no reason. Yeah, and it and it wasn't even like moments of of Cindy and Hugo. It was just moments of like Cindy on her adventure. Yeah. Do you remember this part? Mm-hmm. But so the the last uh, the as we close out the CGI portion of the film, we see Eulabus make some fireworks, and the film the CGI portion ends with Poppy declaring Cindy to be a true fairy princess. Hooray. Also, now, when they're dancing, they are floating off the ground. Oh, I didn't notice that. They they, they definitely are. Was it intentional? Was I it... can't tell. Like, magic? Maybe it's mm-hmm. magic. Maybe it is just, uh, like, they're, they're floating because of Cindy's fairy magic powers. Let's, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> but so the, the capper the end to the film is back in the live action world uh tom and molly wake up tom spies his asbar doll lying crumpled on the ground besides molly's castle playhouse Mm -hmm. with molly surmising that cindy must have banished him from the kingdom (laughs) molly then spies a new doll beside cindy the cgi model of prince hugo posed to look like a doll did they not have a is was there a Hugo doll or was there I I guess not and because they made a they made a doll for Asbar for the the live action kid to to play with Yeah and it seems just a CGI model yeah. I guess they I don't know like to be fair I don't you don't get a good shot of the the Asbar doll so I I don't know if they were just they didn't want to have to make a prince doll just for like the 10 seconds that they show him on screen maybe i but it well like i assumed that maybe if if uh like barbie has ken like maybe mm-hmm. there was a cindy the fairy princess and like her male counterpart doll had like a, a prince version but maybe i guess not <laughs> I, I i didn't i didn't see any in my ebay searches but to be fair that might just mean that there just wasn't one available on eBay when I was looking. Fair. But it, it does, it just seals, it's so, I don't know, it just make, it makes me laugh because it's so obvious just the CGI model that 
is just composited over the still frame of the castle. Yeah. And then uh, we we cut to a shot of the Cindy doll, and she winks to the camera. Yeah. And then the the <laughs> film the film comes to a close. Hooray. <laughs> So that so that's it for Cindy the fairy princess. So again, Sabri, again, what are your what were your thoughts on this one? Now that we've t- t- gone through the plot, um, mm, I mean, the story itself feels like they were just they weren't trying to do anything new. They were just mm-hmm. like, here is a little a cute little princess story to sell our toys. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason you caught me between a rock and a hard place is because I did watch the making of, yes. wherein people were were very. They worked on this like the, the, this wasn't just a throwaway thing to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It was something that a lot of people worked really hard on, which is why I didn't want to come in swinging for people. <laughs> Because, like, clearly the time and the people and probably the budget and all the things working on this movie, the people did the best they could with this. So mm-hmm. I am so reluctant to <laughs> yeah, to really come for part of, parts I, of this movie. But I'm glad you brought that up because I so I, I watched the making of, too, as well. I, I should mention that it the, the making of is on the Cindy the Fairy Princess DVD and I shared it with Brie and... That was that was my impression too. Like when you look at the making of, it was like any other production. There were people making storyboards, people making animatics, people doing the concept art, the voice actors, and everybody there as you as you mentioned, they were trying their hardest with what material they were given. Yeah. And it does as you said, it does make you feel like a big asshole for for kind of holding this movie up and like kind of laughing at it. Um, like granted, we are also doing so with uh, love in our hearts, with love in our hearts. And also just the, you know, it's been at this point, almost 20 years since yeah. Cindy, the fairy princess was released. So it's, it's so hard to turn off that part of your brain that says, um, you know, this looks terrible. It's like, well, of, of course it looks terrible at this point. There's there's so few CGI uh, movies from that time period that, you know, weren't Pixar that look good. Yeah. Like, I... Cause, because this was a doll movie, a doll-based mm-hmm. movie, I, was, I looked to see what the sort of contemporary would have been for, like, not from Pixar, but from other smaller studios because there's Barbie there there was Barbie movies coming out at the same time and I think Barbie Swan Lake came out the same year so the first Barbie uh, direct-to-DVD CGI film was Barbie in the Nutcracker and that one came out in 2001 right and so and and again Cindy the Fairy Princess was uh, 2003 so really, not that long, all things considered. And of course, the the Barbie and the Nutcracker movie, that was banked by Mattel. So of course, it's going to have a higher budget. They probably had so many more resources available to them that even though it was earlier, that yeah. 
they just they were able to make a better film just because they had the budget for it they probably the budget the time for it as well as the talent for it Um, yeah yeah it is one of those things i did try and look up um i i was i was trying to figure out who animated cindy the fairy princess um the credits for the film list there's like optical animation optical image optical post which i think is possibly part of optical image broadcast but i wasn't able to really find anything as you might expect searching for like optical image the name is a little generic so i wasn't having much luck googling it um so basically i guess the, the point being that i I feel like this was probably a very small uh, animation company that was doing this. Um, yeah. Like I, I've tried to, I tried to look up the, like the head animator and the senior senior animator, and there's a few what I could find few credits to to them, um, but largely from the early two thousands. I don't know if they're mm-hmm. still doing stuff out there. But. Yeah, I, I kind of wondered if the reason why I couldn't really find anything was because they're no longer uh, around. Um, there's a big kind of question mark hanging over this, unfortunately. If anybody if anybody has any more information, I please feel free to I send it I would love in. to know. Yeah, I would love to know. And I'd love to actually, like, if I could, f- f- like, know what the sort of process was like in the early 2000s. Because obviously, I do this now. I know how it works now for for what I do. But like, in the making of, they had shots of what they were doing with the software back then. And I was like, I can't even, I don't even know what's happening. Oh, <laughs> I cannot parse what's happening. Like, they had, they had shots of some of the models that were really like, like, faceted. It was very strange. And I was like, I don't oh, know yeah. what is occurring in this shot in this sequence like what what's going on so i'm i'm so curious but there was a shot where it was asbar his model and yeah and it was very like it was very like you could see like all these polygons or facets to it and i i just like i i haven't done cg animation so i have no freaking clue so that's (laughs) that's really interesting to hear that like you as somebody on the inside it's just like i don't know yeah i I I would be fascinated to know what was actually going on with the animation yeah. software and and stuff like that at the time. Because I as can't another, tell you. <laughs> yeah, and as another like kind of Canadian thing, um, you know, we had reboot growing up, which <sighs> for I, I don't know if, if I assume most people are, might have some familiarity with reboot, but it was just a CGI uh, television show on was- in the nineties. The first fully CGI animated show. Mm-hmm. And they... I love it w- so much. <laughs> oh, it's a, a Canadian uh, beloved classic, I oh, think. So near but, and dear to my heart. But uh, Reboot was uh, created by... They were then known as Mainframe Entertainment. And they are now... I believe it's Rainmaker? They were Rainmaker. I think they may actually be Mainframe again. Oh, Okay. I, I know some people who work there, and I think it's mainframe now again. Okay. I don't know. Or I don't know if it's two different splinters of the same... You know, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, I think uh, the, the point I wanted to note is that so reboot, um, so reboot was uh, the mid '90s. So that one started. So uh, 1994, I think, was when it began, <laughs> and mainframe slash rainmaker studios they're the ones that went on to create the barbie uh cgi movies yeah so by the time that barbie in the nutcracker came out they already had like at least a good solid five six years of cgi animation under their belt that's true that is true and fair and a good point like they had they had the time and probably the pipeline or it was a pipeline back then at least mm -hmm. the 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 experience for how to do this i don't know if the same could be said for optical at the time yeah, op yeah optical animation uh, optical image um yeah and i don't know it's just it would be really fascinating to just get more information about them and what their other um, productions might have been. If if they are indeed underneath, because uh, I mentioned optical image broadcast, and I wasn't sure if they were associated with uh, optical animation, optical image, the names listed in the credits. If they are under that header, then it looks like there might have been a few more CG seri CGI series that they were a part of. But at this point, I'm not willing to say that for sure, unless I get more information that really kind of clarifies things. Mm -hmm. So just kind of as a brief offshoot of the talk of the making of, just to give a nod to some of the voice actors that uh, we heard throughout Cindy the Fairy Princess... Probably the biggest name attached to it is Rick Mayall, who uh, voiced Asbar. So he was a English comedian, an actor, and a writer. Uh, he was on the British version of Saturday Night Live, oh. uh, which is just called Saturday Night. He probably, for us, so on the, again, this is where the North American-centric kind of thing sort of skews our perception of who these people are and mm -hmm. how famous they may or may not have been um i think he's probably best known for us if you've ever seen the film drop dead fred he played fred that that's the one with uh, phoebe cates and he's the imaginary friend oh i don't think i ever saw that but i feel like i saw like a, a internet video about <laughs> drop dead fred at yeah, some point yeah so i don't think i've seen it myself but <laughs> i i recognize the title yeah he, he was also Prince Froglip. He voiced Prince Froglip in The Princess and the Goblin, which is a film we might be taking a look at at some I point. I hope so. I would like to, because I have not seen it yet. I would like to see that one soon. <laughs> hint, hint. Hint, hint. Okay, Christy. Okay. Um, and interestingly, Rick Mile, uh, he was actually asked by Lion King lyricist Tim Rice to audition for the role of Zazu. Um, oh, yeah, the role eventually went to Rowan Atkinson, but apparently, like, it was close. Like, he huh. he could have been Zazu. Wow. Well. Mm -hmm. Hey. Uh, uh, so, Kate Debenham Taylor voiced Cindy, Poppy, Bluebell, Lily, and the Queen. Basically, every female character in Cindy the Fairy Princess. Yeah, and you know, she did a decent job making them all sound different. There's one of the fairies that sounds very much like a put-on voice, but the other ones sound more natural. 
There's yeah. one where she's like trying to be really high up and whoa. And that mm. one sounds, uh, but the other ones sound, you know, fairly natural and good. Yeah. Yeah, and again, for the audience, this is originally intended for, like, younger kids. I think it, yeah. it works just as well enough. It's probably it's oh, the same yeah. thing as Golden Films, Beauty and the Beast, where I'm fairly sure that Beauty just voiced all of the sisters. Like, yeah. it works, and you don't, so long as they're distinct enough, and she does a decent job in all of them. Yeah, why not? absolutely. Yeah, she did, she did a mm-hmm. great job. Yeah. So she, so she was in, uh, so just a few shows like Law and Order UK and the Basil Brush Show, and I think just one thing that I, I noticed from the the making of that she she mentions that she used to have a Cindy doll as a kid. So this was like kind of a project that was a little near and dear to her. Yeah, is the impression I got, which is kind of cute. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hmm. So John Nettles was Eulabus. He was also Shay, the king, and the vicar at the wedding. And that comprises basically the rest of the of the cast. Yeah, yeah. Other much. than the prince. Yeah. Um, so John Nettles, just to mention quickly, he was in Midsummer Murders, uh, Poldark, and he was in a version of Hound of the Baskervilles, Baskervilles oh. which I might have to check out because I, I love me some Sherlock Holmes. Heck yeah. And uh, Mark Silk finishes out the cast with Prince Hugo. Um, he he seems to have lent his voice to a good number of video games, including Medieval 2 and the Ape Escape series. Huh. And what stood out to me the most is that he's also voiced Bob the Builder. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I was not expecting that. I, it's... I, my younger cousins used to watch Bob the Builder. I yeah. don't think I would have ever picked out his voice, but no, according to IMDb, like he and he's like done that voice for quite a few years. I don't think he's in the new series, but the original series. Yeah, huh. Bob the Builder. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's I don't yeah. That, I wouldn't have called that either, but nice. Mm. Cool. And he was uh, he's a good the, voice actor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did decent. Um, he he kind of in the in the making of he sort of offers up some alternative voices that they were debating using for the prince. Oh he yeah, was like oh god, that was a little. At one po- at one point, he's like talking about like the like the prince instead of using like his like he's got a very like sweet and good natured voice in the final film, but in. The making of, like, they were talking about giving him more of, like, kind of, like, a street kid kind of vibe. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they did not do that one. Yeah, I think it would have it would have felt so out of place, I think. And it was just, like, not, I don't know. It just did not mesh well with the world they were intending. No. I, I wonder if it was more of a, I'm going to use these special features as a, hey, look what other voices I can do. Yeah, you know what, maybe. I mean, for all we know, it could have just been a joke that the dry British humor we just don't get. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'll just note quickly, too, like the two live action kids, they were Jessica Selfield and Joe Williams. And it doesn't look like, like, they kind of had a few other roles after this, but it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like they've done much, to be honest. So child actors. Yeah, it was kind of how it is. Yeah. 
Did uh, did you notice, by the way, during the making of the voice actors, they were recording their voices in the same rooms together? Yeah. I I did not expect the setup because it's also a very large room that they were in. Yeah, I was kind of curious if if it was something, if they just did that for the sake of the making of video, but then at the same time, because of the low budget for Cindy the Fairy Princess, I sort of find it hard to believe that they would set up this big room just so that they could have this, like, kind of like, oh, like, this will look good for our 15-minute making of video. Yeah, it must have been actually where they recorded, so, but I don't know. Maybe they just yeah. have really good processing and they were able to because mm-hmm. they had sort of like dividers between each person while they were recording so there that was probably sound muffling and yeah yeah i i bet it i bet it helped a lot with this film because that's something that i've seen mentioned in other productions where the voice actors say that when they're able to work off of somebody else like it just kind of f- flows a bit more naturally which makes sense mm-hmm. rather than doing your you're acting in a void. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine yeah. that would be easy. Yeah, I mean, major props to the voice actors who are able to just, like, stick themselves in a booth and just basically talking to yourself. Yeah. And <laughs> just being able to come out with the magic that they do. But I'm trying to think. I guess the last thing I mentioned for this, which I should probably have stated at the start of this <laughs> podcast, is that... Cindy the Fairy Princess is, unfortunately, this one seems like it's a Region 2 only thing. At least Uh, I have not seen this offered on a Region 1 DVD. Which makes sense, considering the the general audience for Cindy. Yeah, it's, I don't think anybody outside of Britain really really know or care who she is. Mm. Um, It is kind of a shame, because it is is a fun little movie. Um... It's definitely a wild watch. Yeah. I, I I will say I bought this movie for a dollar uh, online. Nice. Sight unseen because there were no videos of it on YouTube. And this was one of those times where that worked out so well because I was so <laughs> happy with what I got. Oh, you can't oh. go wrong. You can't go wrong for a dollar. No, so... I mean, if you're the type of person out there who you do have the ability to get a Region DVD, Region 2 DVD and play it, or if you know how to uh, convert it into a format viewable for yourself, I would definitely recommend this one for a Bad Princess movie night. Also, I think it's, I think it might also be largely on YouTube now. <clears throat> I didn't say <gasps> that. What? Oh, uh, oh, who did that? Oh, well, it wasn't, you. it wasn't me, but... Oh, it wasn't me. Who did this? Who I need did... to thank them. We need to find find this person. I need to shake their hand. Thank you for your... Thank you, sir. Or madam. Or, or however you prefer to Gentle be. person. Yes, gentle, gentle folk. For doing this service to humanity and sharing... For bringing... Cindy the fairy princess with the bringing... world. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to be it for this one, Bree. Do you have any closing thoughts on Cindy the Fairy Princess? I... No thoughts. Head empty. I... I... <laughs> this was a watch and a half. Yeah. 
it it was a wild 45 minutes and i i thank you i think for showing it to me (laughs) (laughs) maybe i I think so yeah let it let it think about it for a bit and i guess get back to me i'll just sort of i'll just sort of hold cindy in my heart for a little while yeah I'll just get this angry text at like 1 a.m. in the morning. Just how dare you? Why did you make me watch this? No. <laughs> I'm quitting the podcast to go do my Alex Mack one. Oh, no. I want to be a part of that one. <laughs> Please. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All that's right. going to be it for us, guys. If you... A uh, happy suggestion or comment for uh, for us, please feel free to email at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter that we're going to be posting supplementary material for the podcast on. That oh, is... Please, uh, yeah, please check the Bad Princess Movies Twitter. Mm-hmm. Is it just... It's at Bad Princess Movies, correct? It's Bad Princess MOV. Bad Princess MOV. I mm-hmm. should probably have known that, but please, <laughs> please check it out. Yeah, uh, the the supplementary materials for this one are going to be. Hopefully, Twitter doesn't censor them. <laughs> I I fucking Twitter. I'm sure that it's going to. And it's going to piss me off so much. Please watch them. I swear it's not something weird. It's please not watch weird. Them. It's just the unicorn. <laughs> it's just watch a, it. the unicorn. I don't know. I guess Twitter doesn't like the unicorn body checking Cindy. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just. Uh, so yes please please check the twitter for for yeah. more fun yeah and you could also check material. out and you could also check out the uh ongoing princess movie catalog at badprincessmovies.com and with that we will see you guys next time thank you for listening to this wonderful <laughs> journey <laughs> thank you Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>